Welcome to Unleash Your Greatness. I'm Adam Platt. Today, we're going to be talking about becoming a toxic-proof person and how to overcome those toxic influences in your life with my guest, Sarah Ramsey. I'm excited for this interview, and we're going to get into that right after I queue up the introduction. The question people often ask themselves is, is there more for me out there? Am I capable of more, of doing more, being more, and having greater success in this life? The answer to that question is yes. I believe that everybody has greatness within themselves and that success leaves clues. And if we can take those clues, we can unlock the greatness within ourselves. I'm Adam Platt, and welcome to Unleash Your Greatness. Welcome everybody to Unleash Your Greatness. I'm Adam Platt. Today I have a special guest on. Her name is Sarah K. Ramsey. And I'm excited to have her on. She is a a toxic relationship specialist. And so we're going to be talking about how to deal with toxic relationships today. She is also the the host of Globally Acclaimed Toxic Person Proof Podcast, as well as the author of the best or the best-selling author of the Toxic Person Proof book, uh, Clear the Confusion and Learn to Trust Yourself. So uh, welcome, Sarah. I appreciate you being on the show and, and chatting with me. Adam, I'm so excited to talk to you and see what greatness we are going to unleash today. It's, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm super excited to uh, talk about this subject. I think it's a lot of or something that a lot of people have to deal with because there's so much negativity out there in the world, whether it's, you know, family members or in the workplace or just online. There's there's so much mm-hmm. toxic stuff and it really can bring us down and drag us down into this like negative mindset this negative thinking about ourselves about the world about everything and and this last year of course has been a tough one for so many people right yes yes (laughs) even if great things have happened i mean my business exploded i wrote the book podcast exploded but it was still very difficult and a lot of people lost their healthy coping strategies Right. Mine is going out with friends and and being surrounded by people. I'm an extrovert. Right. And losing that was toxic within itself. Right. It was was my people. I couldn't see my people. And a a Zoom date night, it was not the same thing. (laughs) I I, I agree. And and that that kind of close offness from so many people, especially loved ones or friends or or things of that nature. And then add on top of that with here in the United States, at least there's all this political stuff going on and that was very toxic. And and anyways, just all kinds of negativity and and toxic stuff out there. And I think it caused a lot of toxic uh, banter back and forth socially, Mm -hmm. because that's where we were connecting, right? It was really the only way we were connecting was socially. And there was so much stuff going on and so I, I love the fact that you're like, hey, let's get past and get rid of the toxic relationships in our life yeah. and really move past how we can overcome that. Because I, I and, and I guess I really want to pick your brain on this because sometimes it's like a family member and like, yeah. how, do we, yeah. how do we just cut that off? Like, do you just cut them completely out of your life? What, what do you suggest? Like, that's a hard one for me, I guess, to, to say, hey... Uh, this person who is a related relationship with me, I'm going to mm-hmm. just not be around them. I don't know. Like, 
first of all, I guess I, I, I actually want to hear how you got into this space because that's going to be an interesting sure. story. Well, I love that you talked about all the multifaceted aspects of relationships because actually in my book, I called it a toxic person encounter mm. because toxic relationship has a almost like a romantic connotation and people have mm. been devastated by toxic uh, offices, toxic religious communities, toxic parents, toxic, you know, a brother or sister that runs the whole family and everyone's always catering to them, right? It is so much broader than a bad date or a bad marriage, right? right? So I, and obviously um, strangers (laughs) online that end up being toxic. And I, I think every single one of us, I don't think there are many guarantees in life, but I'm pretty sure I can guarantee every single one of us last year got angry about some comment that was made online. (laughs) Um, And really creating those um, boundaries within ourselves. And so I absolutely did not dream of being a toxic relationship specialist as a little girl. (laughs) Um, I certainly did not think I was going to be doing this, but I'll tell you a story about my grandmother and we were in the car with my son and he said there was a boy at school that was bullying everyone. Mm. And my grandmother said, well, if he's bullying people, he's probably lonely. You should be nicer to him. So he is nicer to you. And I went, Oh my gosh, that is where it all started. And we want to be personally responsible for ourselves. Right. But so many good people have thought I need to change my behavior to change their behavior in a way that ends up being really dysfunctional and enabling and difficult and mm. a mess. Right. right. Um that's good advice in a sliver of circumstances. Oh, you know, be more polite at work or, you know, let them have grace to have a bad day. But if there's a continued pattern of grumpiness, control, um, anger, gaslighting, lying, uh, making it all about them, selfishness, right? If that's a continued pattern of behavior, you being nicer isn't going to fix that. Yeah. That's so true. I, I agree a hundred percent. And and I, I kind of get that concept of what your grandmother was talking about because there's a tool I like to use with my kids. I have five daughters and, um, oh, wow. and so, yeah. And, and, and sometimes they get grumpy, right? Like kids get grumpy. And one of the tools I use is called mirroring. And what it is, is, you know, when they're grumpy, you try to be happy and and try to get them. And I actually will go and I'll give them a big hug. And I say, hey, the hugs will continue until attitude improves and things like that. Try to cheer them up. And and sometimes it works. Sometimes they're just like, I'm hungry. I don't care what you say. I just, or I'm tired or whatever. Right. So, but you can try to do that mirroring of like, hey, I'm going to be positive and I'm going to help you be positive as well. But I agree a hundred percent that there's sometimes where you're just like, you know, you trying to change that person by you just being you or trying to be somebody else is not going to work. It's not going to change them. It's not going to affect them at all, especially like a bully. Like, yes, that boy has issues, right? That boy has problems, but you just trying to be like nicer to them isn't always going to change them to not be a bully. They're still going to be a jerk unless they decide to change themselves. 
we get something very confused. We, we get being kind confused with giving access. Yeah. Okay. So I, I think you should be kind to the bully. Sure. Yeah. But I think we need to, if, if there's a, well, I'll give you another story. There is a, there was a, uh, one of my friends in a private school setting and there was a boy who kept kicking everybody under the desk and the teacher put her daughter close to him because she said, well, you're good at handling him. <laughs> and I said, whoa, 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 whoa. You need to get her moved because what you are teaching her is you are good at, at people being mean to you. You are good at getting literally kicked in this circumstance, a little girl. I mean, she didn't come up with bruises on her knee, yeah. but we don't think about, we don't think about those things as we teach the kids. We think, Oh, be nicer, but she can be kind. You know, I'm not saying write hateful notes to the bully, um, flatten his bike tire, spread rumors about him. That's me. Right. Okay. Yep. But you can create space so that you don't, they don't always have access to you. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's a great concept, actually, and I, I think that works. And, and you know, obviously, the the boy was an analogy, but that works in our relationships as well, right? Because uh, sometimes it's it's a, a close family member, sometimes it's a spouse that's like, "Hey, I'm," you know, they're they're just not feeling it. They're angry. They're negative. They're they're in a negative spot in their life because we all go through phases. I know that, you know, my wife and I, we've gone back and forth. Like there's times where I'm like, I'm down on myself. I'm, I'm kind of this negative Nelly, if you will. And then there's times where I try to be positive and I'm trying to bring her up. Uh, so yeah, you've got to set those boundaries for sure is, is kind of what I'm hearing is set those yeah. boundaries with people. And, uh, it doesn't mean that you have to be rude back or, or a, a jerk back, but you can not necessarily give them access to everything, right? Like, um, there's a difference in nice and kind. Yeah. Okay. So if you say, Sarah, be nice, you are defining what nice is. Mm. Okay. I personally, at this stage in my life, don't think it's kind to help people be bad, you know, or lesser versions of themselves. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. If somebody thinks I can be selfish all the time, I can be angry all the time, I can be destructive all the time, and they never learn from their behavior, it is not kind for me to support their bad behavior. Gotcha. Okay. Yep. yep. So in that concept of nice, oh, I have to do whatever they want. That's nice. But I want to flip that conversation to doing the right thing, helping make a better humanity, living within integrity. And within my integrity, I am not someone who helps other people become more selfish. That is not within my integrity. Doesn't mean I'm mean to them. <laughs> it means I do not support their selfishness, yeah. continued pattern of selfishness. Right. And a pattern is the important word. Um, as you know, I just finished my book and stuff, and I was a grump. I got up at two or 3 a.m. to record my audiobook. My sound engineer was um, in Europe, so I was trying to work on their timetable. He did a great job, but um, I was just a really like a grump and a grouch, and I had no, I was so exhausted. I didn't have the emotional cushion to manage normal day-to-day -day stuff with my spouse or, you know, right. I think I did okay with my kids, but the grown-ups in my life, I was just like, I don't have time for this. I don't have time, you know. <laughs> but that is not a consistent pattern within who I am. 
And it was something um, that I went, okay, I'm actually doing a trip next week by myself and like hit the reset button Mm. and like, Whoa, Sarah, you've, I rested a lot today. Um, Changing my exercise again, like being self-aware enough to say, I don't want to be a grump or a grouch or prickly all the time. That's not who I want to be. So it is my responsibility to hit the reset button in my own life. But toxic people don't think that way. They don't have the reset button. They say, if I'm grumpy, it's because you made me that way. I wouldn't get angry if you did what I wanted. Right. And and that's the difference. We all have stages of tough times or grumpiness or bad days, but it is the self-awareness to say, whoa, my attitude is my responsibility. And that is work I need to do to hit that reset button. Right. And that's, uh, yeah, I I agree a hundred percent with what you're saying. My, uh, so one of my children, uh, we have twins that are seven years old and one of them has that, like, you make me so mad, you know, type uh, response a lot of the time. Or if you would just do this, then it would be better or whatever. And I'm always reminding her like, Hey, you choose to be angry. Right. You choose to be upset. You choose like we we have the ability. It's it's a God given right to choose. Like that is the one thing that we have in our arsenal all the time is we can choose how we well, react. I love that you keep using your kids as examples because I you know I have uh, just turned nine and almost eleven year old. Okay, so. There is a lot of change moving forward in their life. Okay. And we as parents are supposed to put effort into shaping and molding them. Right. However, if you are using the same shaping and molding and hoping they change strategies with a 45 year old, something is very wrong. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. You don't think about that, right? Like it is appropriate. I love that you kept using your kids as examples because it's like, oh, okay, I want to point out now that what is appropriate, you know, teenagers, right? You know, we're like, oh, they're grumpy, they're hormones, they have bad days. But if someone at 56 is acting like a 16-year-old, you being nicer or working harder or trying to earn their love or trying to be more forgiving is a really bad strategy. Right. So what do we do in that situation? Because, it, you know, I've, I've heard we, we can call them toxic people. Some people call them energy drainers or uh, negative Nellies or there's all these terms for them. Right. But really, it's just I think you, what you do is spot on where we just it's just toxic. Right. Like we just it just completely drains everything about being around that person about us. Like it's hard, it's difficult. And the people we surround ourselves is who we become, right? We hear that all the time. And so how, how do we deal with that 50 year old person who's just negative all the time and toxic and, you know, especially if it is someone you have to work with at work or Mm -hmm. someone that you have to have a relationship with, maybe it's a close relative or something like that. Like, how do you deal with that? Because you're right. Like the same thing that I tell my seven-year-old is not going to work with that 50-year-old. I can't, especially if you're at work and you're like, Hey, why do you got to be such a negative person all the time? Like change your attitude. Like they're going to be like, uh, you're an idiot. I hate you. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, it's just going to make it worse. So how do you deal with that? Like there's, 
one of the first things I want to point out, the very like opening paragraph of my book, because even when you write a book about toxic people, you know, it's almost scary because it's like, oh, you're saying some people are good and some people are bad. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so kind of one of the very first paragraphs of my book said, it's not that I'm saying some people are good and some people are bad, but some people are good for you to give your time, energy and access to resources to. And some people it's not good to give your access to, right? Like uh, your time or energy. Um, and I think that's a really important distinction because if you start getting into, well, you're saying my coworker's bad or my mother's bad or, uh, you know, my my spouse is bad, that gets really tricky territory. Yeah. Um, that's not what you said, but I do want to point it out because sometimes people get that sure. in their head. Oh, yeah. you know. But when you think about good for me to be around, Right. Yeah. Not it's not a, a good as in some people are worth more than others, but some people make you feel differently. You know, some people completely drain you. Use the term energy drainer. Some people completely sink you mm -hmm. and some people you feel light and free and you feel like uh, able to be yourself around. Right. Right. Um, so uh, that, that's that's the pre preface of that question. Uh, and then what do you do about it? So one of the. Oh, gosh, there's so many things. Um, if you're trying to decide if you're going to be around this person or not, one helpful thing is to kind of keep a calendar. Okay. And you can just say it's somebody at work and you're trying to decide if you need to stay or go within yeah. that career because it's affecting you. Right. You can keep a little calendar and say, you know, on a scale of one to 10, how did that person affect my life today? Mm -hmm. One is very you know, negative, 10 is very positive yeah. and collect some data around that. So you can go back a month later and say every day was a two or a three. They are completely tanking my energy or tanking my life. And, you know, even deciding to stay or go in a relationship. Okay. It's been three months and there's been three good days in three months. We've been going to counseling. We've been trying this. I've, yeah. you know, Went to retreat. See, I'm not telling people to give up easily on relationships, right. but I'm also saying to be realistic about the relationship yeah. and to change your expectations, right? Um, one of the phrases that I have recently exited out of my head in my life is, I can't believe they would do that. Hey, it's Adam Platt, and I just wanted to jump in here real quick and say, if you're ready to really unleash the greatness within yourself today, and you're ready to surround yourself with like-minded people who are going to help you grow and cheer, cheer you on towards your goals to higher success and achievement, then I've created a free community called Unleash Your Greatness with Adam Platt on Facebook. Come and join that community. It's free. You can come and join today, and uh, it's Again, it's called Unleash Your Greatness with Adam Platt, and people on that community are going to help. I'm in there. I'm going to be commenting and giving free resources on things that can help you grow and succeed in life. So come join today, and we will see you on the inside. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. And I cannot believe Uncle Johnny would show up to grandmother's birthday party drunk. I cannot believe... That kid, you know, adult child still living at home won't get a job. I cannot believe this. I cannot believe that. Whatever it is and start saying, stop telling yourself, I can't believe they do that. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that sounds really simple, but it creates cognitive dissonance in your head. Yeah. Where you're telling yourself, you can't believe what your eyes are seeing and your ears are hearing.
Mm, yeah. It's actually a very big deal because then you say, well, they act like this every time. If they do the same thing for 20 times, me being surprised that they're doing it at time 21 is a pattern. And that's where you start to see some of those patterns. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And those are some ways to help you make decisions about whether or not this is a safe person to be around or somebody you might need to create some, some distance with. And um, you know, I do want to, point out boundaries a bit, uh, because I think we get some things wrong about boundaries. Um, when we think about the story of the three little pigs, okay, we talk kind of bad about those early pigs, right? Well, he had a house of sticks. He had a house of straw. He should have had stronger boundaries. And we herald the pig with brick boundaries. Right. Okay. Yep. However, better boundaries did not make a better wolf. And that is really important to point out because if you have a toxic, you know, mother, okay. And you say, oh gosh, you know, I need to have better boundaries with my mother. The expectation is that your mother is not going to change because of your boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Right. And I see people and they, they say they're staying in these really bad situations. They're like, (laughs) Don't worry. I'm working on my boundaries. I'm going to stand up to them. I'm going to show them. I'm not going to back down. I'm not going to be a doormat anymore. And it's like, oh, good. So then two people are attacking each other instead of one person attacking. Like, it doesn't work because because stop telling yourself, I can't believe they act like that. I have an article, um, are they a narcissist or a jerk? How to tell and why it matters. It's been really popular. And I say, People get really surprised when crocodiles bite. (laughs) Okay. But crocodile handlers know that crocodiles bite like that. That's like, you just, you know that, but we tell, we say, well, and it's not because they didn't give them the food the right way, or they moved too fast, or they, you know, were in their tear. They bit because they're crocodiles. That's what crocodiles do. It's true. And we, we, we get out of that cognitive dissonance of saying, I can't believe that. I can't believe a crocodile bit him. What? How could I? I can't believe that big bad wolf blew the house down. <laughs> believe it. Believe it and find ways to protect yourself. Those boundaries are made to create space, not connection. Yeah. No, that, that's a good point. That's, that's great. Thanks for sharing that. Something people get, um, I hate to use the word right or wrong because, you know, <laughs> that just seems like very like authoritative, <laughs> but um, it is something I am very saddened when I see that people have so much hope in their relationship or even go to healing professionals and they say, oh, well, you wouldn't be in the situation if you had better boundaries. Mm. What they don't say is, well, you wouldn't be in this position if you weren't around a big bad wolf. Yeah. True. Yeah, that that's that's actually a really good point that I think a lot of people do miss. Like you were saying, is yeah, it's it's like the snake, right? Like you pick up the snake, it's probably gonna bite you, uh-huh. and you're like, "Well, uh-huh. I was trying to help it," you know. And there, there's the the story about the the snake that's uh, you know 
thirsty or whatever. And then the person gives him some water and then it bites him. And it's like, well, you knew it was a snake. You knew what it, what it was. And uh, I think oftentimes that story's, we're, that story's in my book. Yeah. And <laughs> it, it's like, people are surprised. Like you knew what it was. Like when you, when you got in to picking it up or, or when you got in that relationship or whatever. And sometimes we just, we can't help it. Right. Like in the workforce, like there's times you're forced to work with people. And, mm-hmm. and I, I, I want to point out something real critical here is sometimes there's a difference between someone just having a bad day and is kind of a jerk, you know, one or two times. And they're just always a jerk. Right. Because there, there's been times where in, when I, in my professional career, where some of the best relationships I ever had came out of conflict. I, conflict is normal. We're going to have some conflict, right? We're going to have disagreements. We're going to have things that we don't see eye to eye. But some of the best relationships I've had in the workforce came from, you know, someone was having a bad day and, you know, something was said. And then later on, we're like, hey, you know, I'm sorry. Uh, things got out of hand and, and we were able to reconcile. And from that point on, like, man, they're like some of the best people to work with because we understood each other. But there's those people that are just like all the time, just negative, hard to work with. They are, you know, anyways. So there, there's a distinction there, right? Like that we've got to decide it. it. Like, and you were bringing this up earlier is, is it a pattern? Like, is it a recurring thing all the time? Because people are going to have bad days. Like there's just, it's just going to happen, right? Another thing, another way, because people say, oh, how do I know if the relationship is toxic or not? Well, is one person always getting the better end of the deal? Yeah. Okay. And I hear these people, it's like, man, he's, you know, he's 60 years old and he, you know, it's always about him or it's always about her. It definitely can be either way, you know, always about them. And then I say, you know, his, his or her kindergarten teacher taught them at five to take turns. (laughs) He has been hearing or she has been hearing to take turns at least 20 years, right? At least just, you know, in school or whatever, at least 20 years. And if they haven't figured it out at 42, how to take turns, that's a really good indicator because that's a very simple thing. Um, And it's also very helpful if you're trying to explain a say it's a toxic sibling and you're trying to explain to people, it's always their turn. It's always their turn. It's always their turn. That is a language people can um, get access to a little bit easier. Uh, Right now people are, the word narcissism is very popular. Sociopath is very exciting, you know, personality disorder. And especially if you're coming out of a, you know, you're trying to talk to a boss about a toxic coworker. You're like throwing around words like sociopath, or you're coming out of a relationship. You're saying, I think he's a sociopath, right? There's going to be some resistance because people automatically label you as a little bit off or a little bit crazy mm, yeah. because it's like you're appearing to diagnose people. Um, and people think they've been so fed up. And then they read the description of a narcissist. They're like, finally, Finally, once I say you're a narcissist, you will understand what I'm talking about and change. I've never seen that work. Or they say, you know, they'll go to a mother. I think your son's a narcissist. And they expect them. Oh, you're probably right. Like this (laughs) never happens. And we keep hoping it will. Um, But if you use terminology like, you know, it's always their turn. They're always getting the better end of the deal. They're unable to take turns. That is a language that people can 
access a lot more. They can digest it more easily. Okay. Another helpful language to use. uh, This is Bill Eddy of the five types of people who will ruin your life. He talked about, um, you know, high conflict person, high conflict personality. Mm. Say, you know, Billy and over in accounting is a high conflict individual. Here are three examples. You know, that gives people, they can hear you better than, I think Billy's a sociopath, right? And it's right. it's very simple, but we need a support team around us. And when we throw labels, even if they're true, even if they're true, okay? This isn't about being tr- what is true or not. This is about getting people who have ears willing to hear on your side to help support you in moving forward. Awesome. That's that's a, a great perspective to keep in mind as you're dealing with those types of people in in your family and your work and your what whatever, right? Like, um, yeah, because calling names and, and pointing those things out, you you've got to be super careful, like you said. So, um, yeah, mm-hmm. I love that. Otherwise, they flip it on you. Yeah. Wow, she's just crazy. He's just angry, you know, yeah. and and that can be especially damaging you know if someone has kind of been a doormat for a long time and finally get up the courage to say i need help because of these behaviors and and they are their behaviors are minimized or something like that it is very damaging um so that is a real passion of mine to help develop a language for people so other people have ears willing to hear their situation rather than shutting them down immediately as if they're obviously just overreacting, just having a bad day. Yeah, it's not yeah. that bad, right? <laughs> right. Yeah having, yeah, having those critical conversations with people and and knowing how to phrase things correctly, that's that's uh, super important. I, I agree 100%. So, uh, and, and in the subject of communication, you were asking about what to do about toxic people. Mm-hmm. So one of the biggest pieces of advice I can give people is learn to stay on point. Okay. And if you're in a conversation with a toxic person, I've heard it described as a a word salad. Okay. (laughs) So, you know, you come to me and you say, Sarah, um, your report's always late. And I say, well, my report wouldn't be late if you actually gave me the technology I could use to be what I needed. And it's in, it's instantly flipped and you are now on defense and I'm on offense. We are not talking about the subject you came to me with. I have changed the conversation to avoid blame. Yep. Okay. So blame shifting and image management, classic toxic people behavior, right? Very consistent pattern with toxic people. And so, you know, you have a family reunion and your sister always says, I'm not bringing the food, you know, and you say, I need you to bring, you know, corn casserole and green beans to Thanksgiving. Well, why do I always have to do it? You know, I'm the one who takes mother to this. I'm the one who does this. I need you to bring corn pudding and green, green beans to Thanksgiving. Can you, can you do that for me? And they're like, but, and I know it sounds simple, but if anyone's had a toxic person encounter, they're like, it is not simple because you, it's so easy to get diverted, to start defending yourself, to go, why would you think that about me? Why would you think I wouldn't bring the food? Or why would you think I had to report late? Or why would you, you you instantly get very distracted and they throw you off. And if you can 
learn to stay on point and stay on topic. One helpful thing can be um, if uh, you have a piece of paper with a topic you want to discuss. There was a client I had yesterday and there's a lot of conflict between the two households. It's a divorced family, a lot like mm. very, very, very extreme conflict um, in a way I'm really want to help her to help her kids. Right. Yeah. And I said, let's just stay on topic. You know, what are the house rules that we can agree upon and the consequences that we can agree upon between both houses? Because one party was trying to control the punishments at another house. It's just, a, it's a real big mess, right? So it needs to be some standard rules to yeah. like eat, slow the conflict down. And, you know, I said, you need to have that topic written on a piece of paper and it's in the middle of the table. And when it goes goes awry, well, I wouldn't have to have these rules if you hadn't left me and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I mean, I can go a thousand different ways and go back to that piece of paper. I'd really like to figure out what are some common ground rules that we can apply at both houses. Well, if you weren't doing this and I'm punishing the right way, they never behave on my house. I would really like to come up with some common route, common ground rules we can apply at both houses and just keep bringing them back to the point. It's just good communication, yeah. right? It's yeah. not being mean. It's not flipping the table. It's just, let's stay on topic. But toxic people are masters at getting you off topic and putting you on defense masters at it. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, yeah, I, I've seen that in people I've worked with. I've seen that in family members. I've seen that in, you know, whatever. Uh, I, I agree. And, and I've seen it in myself at times, like where I, I flip. And, and I guess that's one thing I want to bring up to you is what can we do when we realize we're being a toxic person? Uh, I think that's important. And I think that maybe uh, I, one one of the things that keeps going through my mind as you're you're speaking about this is we need to internalize who we are, take take responsibility for who we are, take responsibility for what we're doing and how we're acting. But what happens when we're like we we step back, right? And, and it's not always easy. It's can be very hard and it takes practice, but step back and be like, oh my gosh, I'm the one being negative in this situation. I'm the one being negative or toxic in this relationship. And uh, yeah, I, I like to kind of pick your brain on that because I think everybody has that maybe aha or, or maybe not. Like I, I would hope that people do. I would hope people have the aha. So what I've found is, uh, Often the people who are, um, when you hear about people who experience a lot of toxic personalities, they are typically very self-reflective and self-aware, and they are always willing to change their behavior, just like the bully situation, right? right? You know, my grandmother told my son to change his behavior to change the bully's behavior. So a lot of people who have experienced toxic relationships are actually pretty self-aware at some point, right? right. Um, interested in self-growth. And just the humility of saying, I think it's humility and responsibility, one, the humility of saying, well, like I told you about my situation with my husband, you know, and me being grumpy and bristly. It's like, this is not who I want to be long-term. I'm exhausted. This is not who I want to be long-term. Yeah. And here, here's my action plan to change my behavior that I am responsible for. 
Not if you just wouldn't bother me, if you just leave me alone, if you do more of the housework or if you do this and he's been great, you know, he, he has done all that <laughs> stuff, but the self-awareness to say, this is what I did. And then here is my action plan that I'm responsible for to change that behavior. Yeah. Toxic people will never do that. They will, I mean, they, they will never do that. And that's how you know the difference because they're always going to say, well, I act that way because you acted that way. And if you change your behavior, then, but then the finish line is always moving mm. in toxic situations. As right. soon as you fix one thing, there's an expectation to fix another thing. True. Yeah. Yeah. Super powerful. And I think that that's one of the biggest takeaways that I found in my, I guess, development in self-improvement is to look internally at myself. And I mm -hmm. think that if we can look at ourselves and be like, okay, I obviously need to do some work in this area because there's some negative stuff going on there. And, and then, you know, not that you, you want to change yourself to fit what that other person wants, right? Because that's not going to fix them. That's not going to fix the relationship. But you look at yourself and say, what did I do in that situation that could have been handled better, handled mm -hmm. differently? Mm -hmm. And uh, you always want to go, instead of pushing the blame on someone else, like you were saying, like so many people, especially toxic people, always want to flip it. And, well, it's because of this that I'm mad. And but like my seven-year-old does all the time, right? Like, well, uh, you make me so angry. But if you step back and say, what is triggering me? Why am I getting angry about this? And then you, and sometimes you just, you have to walk away for a little while in my experience and, and internalize that and be like, okay, it's my responsibility for how I react and how I react to situations. And you've got to, you've got to be willing to work through that process because if you, you know, there's some relationships you just can't fix by being better yourself. There's some people yeah. that just don't want to fix themselves, right? Well, but and when you think about the term emotional intelligence, okay? So there's been a lot of popularity in emotional intelligence and mm -hmm. I'm thankful for that. You're thankful for that, right? Yep, yep. And it, it's really twofold. It's knowing what is mine to own and my problem to solve. And then what is not my problem to solve? Because people, I see people typically swing either way. One, everything's my problem. Everything's my fault. I'm going to take I mean, everything someone tells, you know, everything, every time someone else tells me I need to change my behavior or mess up or something like that, it's my fault. Or they swing the opposite way of nothing's ever my fault. Right. You know, and those are the toxic people and it creates this, very yin yang, horrible dynamic, of, uh, you know, two extremes and healthy maturity, healthy emotional IQ is in the middle. There are some things that are my fault and I need to fix and not everything is my fault. And sometimes you may say that it's my fault because there's a conversation about getting triggered. And yep. sometimes I'm horrified by what people are saying, you know, well, I really got triggered. I have trust issues. And I said, oh, you have trust issues. Have you been around a lot of really great trustworthy people who you pushed away? And they say, no. I said, so you've been around a lot of people who lied to you. Yes. Well, then you don't have trust issues. You've been around untrustworthy people. Right. Yep. And 
they're actually taking over like extra responsibility for self-evaluation and because they can control their own behavior and they think if they can fix themselves it will change the other person just back to the boundaries conversation if they can fix their own boundaries they'll change the other person so it's a complex question because we need to take ownership for things and take responsibility for our toxic behaviors and at the same time it's not always our problem to solve. And sometimes if you got mad, you should have because you were mistreated in a real way. True. And sometimes you get angry like I did a couple of weeks ago, you know, at the end of the book, I was getting angry about things that I shouldn't have been getting angry about. Yeah. I was just tired and in a bad mood and grumpy and overextended. Right. Both in this world, both of those things exist. True. And it's our maturity of our human experience to distinguish between the two of those and not default into I'm never wrong or I'm always wrong. Yeah, that's a good point. And there always is that gray area in between where uh, you have to be careful not to take responsibility on that is somebody else's responsibility to handle, right? And their emotions, their triggers, their whatever. We can't take all that on, but at the same time, we do need to be careful and not let those things affect us at the same time. So, uh, and not blame shift everybody else. Like, well, everybody's toxic. I shouldn't have to change anything. And sometimes within my uh, these people, they don't. They're not my clients. But sometimes people talk to me and kind of want to be my clients, and they'll say things like, "Well, I just want someone to love me just for who I am." Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, you know, I mean, that's nice, but are you going to continue to improve? You know, because Sometimes that is kind of code for, I don't really want to do any self-work. I don't want to be responsible. I don't want to be a better version of me. I just want someone to accept me for who I am. And yet the people who love us do accept us for who we are. (laughs) But there's also that sense of responsibility of continuing to grow, mature, and be better. Yeah. And that's, that's a good point. And one thing that I want to um, point out is there's, there's this big movement right now of, uh, I'm going to be who I am and I don't care what people think. Right. And I hate that movement. I really do. I, and I it's, do too. It's more women. And I'm, I'm going to like give men a little like pat on the back or butt right <laughs> now. And uh, maybe not the butt. My husband may not like that, but I'm just kidding. <laughs> but you know, I, but I think there's a lot of women who are doing that and they're just like, I am woman, hear me roar, F off, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. And I try to be the anti-voice of that. You know, yeah. how can we be sweet and savvy? How can we be kind and protect ourselves? And I keep going back to the word integrity. How can you live with an integrity of yourself and integrity to others? Right. right? Because that idea of I'm a grown, can I cast right here? I'm a grown ass woman. I can do whatever I want. I, that, that is not the version of the world I want to bring my kids I right. you know you have five daughters yep. if all of a sudden everybody's like I'm a grown-ass person I don't care what you think about me like whoa like is society gonna fall apart like what what is that even gonna mean and I want to say I'm a grown-ass woman I can I'm self-responsible I'm a grown-ass woman I am responsible for making the world a better place I'm a grown-ass woman I'm responsible for recognizing who's good for me and who's not good for me yep. that's what being a grown-up means well, Not I can do whatever I want, whenever I want, and everyone else should accommodate me <laughs> or right. pay for me or whatever else it may be, right? Yeah. Well, and I, I think 
the distinction we need to make is everybody wants to be loved and accepted. And when you say things like, I don't care what anybody thinks of me, what you're really wanting to say is other people's opinion of me is does isn't dependent upon me being who I know I need to be the best version of myself at this time. Right. Cause that's what it's all about. It's who am I supposed to be? What's the best version of me? It doesn't mean that I can do say act any way I want. And everybody just has to accept that. And I don't care if you don't accept it, whatever. Right. Like there's, there's a different mentality there. It's because everybody Every one of us wants to be loved by somebody, whether it's our spouse, whether it's our kids, whether it's our mother, father, whoever, somebody we want some acceptance from. And if we're always just like, hey, I don't care what anybody thinks, then you don't want to be loved. (laughs) Like, because it really comes down to there's a difference between not caring what anybody thinks and what other people's opinion of you doesn't affect who you know you're supposed to be, right? the best well, version of yourself that best and I, again i go back to the word integrity if yeah. i am living within integrity to myself there are plenty of people who don't like me and don't sure. like what i do right and i am on purpose i'm living my purpose i am not i have a sweatshirt that says uh you know i'm not for everyone which is probably the most defiant clothes i have but it's true right i'm not for everyone sure. there's some people that I'm, they're not going to align with my message and that's okay. And, but I'm not for everyone, but I'm not going to change who I am for anyone, for everyone to be liked. And then that's, that's one version of the spectrum. And then I don't care what anyone thinks of me. That's this whole other version and balance and everything, right. You know, introverts and extroverts, uh, play and rest work and play, you know, we need that balance and that balance of being in integrity with yourself and saying, I am confident and stable and at peace with who I am. I want to bring people into my life who align with that version of me. And if you don't align with me, that's okay. But there's no defiance in that. There's no aggression in that. There's no, um, and again, (laughs) you've talked about kids. The world would all, we, I used to think as a kid, everyone grew up. And now I just know that people grow older and some people grow up, True, you know, and bringing more of teenage angst Mm -hmm. into adulthood is not serving our relationships, right? It's not serving our relationships. Beautiful. And I know that that's one thing that you really stress is being more in the present, stop living in the past. And I think that is such a key point to bring out here is yeah, like grow up you know, stop Mm -hmm. living those high school years. Yes. Maybe they were wonderful if you were the quarterback or the head cheerleader or whatever, but you don't Don't (laughs) you worry, (laughs) but you're not stuck there. That's the thing, right? My bio, when I sent it to you, right. That is, that was not the highlight. But so many people get stuck in that. And and, and that's just one, one thing, right? So many people get stuck in, I was abused. I was, uh, you know, I had awful parents or, or I had parents that didn't believe in me or I, you know, all these things. I, I, this, I, that, I, whatever. And it gets stuck so much in that past thinking instead of being like, okay, I have a decision now to be me in this moment and to move forward in my life and be a better person, a better version of myself from this point on. And, and so I, I love that you, um, 
you talk about that, you teach people that, you help them move past that, like living in the past mentality and, and move, have a future-based um, thinking, right? That's, that's so critical to our development, so critical to becoming better in who we are. Because if we're always looking like in the past, we're never going to get better in the future. So, so I have a phrase, get past the past, get real about the present, so you can get serious about your future. Mm, beautiful. And that really sums up everything I do, all the work I do, because the people I work with are victims. They, they actually are. There's no, there's no way around it. They are victims. Yeah. Okay. But then other people, it's like, oh, you know, even like I'm a survivor of, you know, abuse. I'm a survivor of domestic violence. I'm a survivor of whatever people may say. Right. And it's like, man, I'm just amazing. I'm just living my best life. I'm just living within integrity. I'm just uh, in healthy relationships. And and like, it's not a survivor of anything, right? It's yep. just being amazing within who you are and amazing within the life you're living and the integrity that you bring to yourself and your relationships. Yeah. I love that. And I think a lot of people use those, uh, I'm a survivor of this or that or whatever as like this, this thing on, you know, this badge of honor and it's like you know what yes you overcame that but that's not who that's doesn't define you sure it's it's made you who you are to a point but you can choose to be something despite that right and that's where you gotta define that well it, it, there's a place for processing yeah and a place for progressing and, you know, even like researching personality disorders or narcissism or sociopaths, right? There is a place for that, but it is a place you want to visit, not a place you want to live forever. Yep. You know, being a survivor of something, maybe that is very powerful sure. within that, that one you're connecting with other survivors and you're like, okay, this is reality. Sure. But then 10 years later, 20 years later, five years later, whatever it is, you know, at some point you want to get um, out of processing and into progressing. Otherwise you get stuck. And uh, so within, it's kind of funny within my wondrous woman program, it's always, it's always a running joke, how people get raises or make more money. And it's something, it sounds like too good to be true. So it's not even something I advertise that much, but it happened again this week. And I said, you'll have to write a testimony because it seems like it's too good to be true, but it's really not. Like if you are stuck processing loop, upset about a toxic parent, partner, coworker, mm. you are not making your best money. And if you redirect and find better problems to solve, problems that are yours to solve, and you connect with your confidence, and become your own best problem solver. Ding, ding, ding. You're making more money. People are noticing different things in you. You're being uh, a promotion, a leadership position. Yeah. People are looking at you differently. And it's not because you're a survivor of anything. It's because you're awesome. Right. Yeah. Be awesome. It's okay to be awesome. We don't have to bring the luggage with us. Love it. So true. And, and that's what this show you know unleash your greatness is all about is be awesome be your best self and uh, so thank you for bringing that up and for sharing that that that's amazing I, I love that so uh so sarah we've been going for almost 50 minutes and i didn't even look 
I'm just in, I'm in the present moment, right? Get past, past <laughs> here. We're in the present. <laughs> no, th- this has been fantastic. And, and so many things that you've said have just totally resonated with what I believe and what I believe my, my people, my audience, the people listening need or what they believe as well. So thank you so much for sharing this amazing insight. I want people to know where they can connect with you if they want to know more about how you can help them overcome these toxic relationships, where they can get a copy of your book. Uh, what's the best way to, to get a hold of you? Yeah, so I have my own podcast, Toxic Person Proof Podcast. Uh, I have a book, Becoming Toxic Person Proof. So it's pretty easy. If you Google Toxic Person Proof, it's all things Sarah K. Ramsey. Uh, My website is under Sarah K. Ramsey. I run a huge Facebook group, Finding Love and Success After a Toxic Relationship, um, where I have lives, you know, all kinds of very, very connected uh, within that group. And I'm also, it's a very... um, not that there's a lot of rules, but it, there's a lot of integrity, right? And I, I try to bring this integrity. So it's not emotional vomiting or this or that. You know, it is a, a nature of problem solving. You know, it, on my Toxic Proof Person Proof podcast, people are always surprised. They're like, it's like fun and I'm laughing and I'm getting, my book is funny. You know, I made a joke that if Bossy Pants, Tina Fey's Bossy Pants and the sociopath next door had a baby, it would be my book, you know? (laughs) And I I do want you to giggle and I do want you to laugh and I want you to think. And I want you to think about, and I want you to think about what is your problem to solve and what isn't and grow into that maturity. Yeah. Beautiful. So um, those who are listening, I want to make sure you know that you can find the links to where to connect with Sarah below this episode, either in a podcast or on YouTube, wherever you're watching or listening to it, and reach out to her, get a copy of her book, go join her Facebook group if that's something that interests you, and uh, connect with her. She's She's got a lot of energy, she's got a lot of charisma, and she's got a lot of great knowledge that can help you. If, if this is something that you're dealing with in your life, and, and, and remember that if you are dealing with a lot of toxic people in your life, it one, always look at yourself and say, what am I doing to attract that? Because I do believe that there is a, an attraction that can happen there. And what can you fix on yourself? And then what can you do to put up those uh, boundaries or those, you know, those things that we can distance ourselves as much as possible from those toxic people and those, those, mm-hmm. those, those interactions that we have with those people and sometimes it's just like hey you know what stop going to cnn and reading the news or stop you know (laughs) i mean (laughs) like my my son is obsessed with and like he he's obsessed with politics i won't say anything about what side but he is obsessed he wants to be president he's always talking about politics and we don't even watch the news at our house because it is so like i know know, you know (laughs) but he'll um We'll be like ha- getting ready for dinner and he'll say something like, hey, after dinner, I was thinking maybe we could like discuss inflation or immigration reform. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we definitely don't play the news. I can't imagine if he was getting even more of this digest. I know. And, and we do very little bit of news. It's one of those things that I'm like, if something major happens, guess what? There's going to be something pop up on my phone telling me what it is. Other than that, I don't care. Like, I don't need to know it. And so I, I just try to stay as much away from it as possible because so much of it is toxic, in my opinion, 
news does not sell. Very little of it is good news. Most of it is negative, toxic. Shock. Yeah. Yeah. Shock factor, whatever it may be. Yeah. Yeah. So um, anyways, for those listening, please reach out to Sarah. She is amazing. Uh, Sarah, I've absolutely loved our discussion. It's been super fantastic. And I always like to end my, um, my interviews with this question and just to kind of wrap things up, but it is, if there was one to maybe three things you would say someone needs to do to unleash the greatness within themselves, what would that be? Ooh. Okay. So my magic question is what problem are you trying to solve? Okay. So when I'm going through my life, we get spun up like maybe I'm not good enough or I'm not this or this isn't enough or should I do this or should I do that? We get into this like chaos storm and really what problem am I trying to solve? Yeah. Oh, I, I want to have more money. Okay. There's a plan that you can do to have more money. I want to stop. I want to have more control of my thoughts. Okay. There's a plan that you can do. Um, I want to, uh, have more time in my life. There's a plan, but when you spend, I'm so exhausted. I can't do this. You know, what should I do this? What if I, you get into those what and why questions and start to spin the cycle, you'll be shocked. If you go back into what problem am I really trying to solve here? It's a great question to ask someone else. If they are, you're in a conversation, you feel like it's spinning or getting off topic, you know, what problem are you looking to solve? And then you can take action on that problem, which of course, anyone who's been successful at anything is going to talk about the A word, right? Atomic habits today. And they were talking yeah. about motion versus action. And, but if you don't know what problem you're trying to solve, action feels chaotic. Yeah. Okay. But if you know, Okay this is a problem I'm trying to solve. Then you, it helps balance you and get you where you want to go faster. Awesome. I love that. And so oftentimes we do get caught in that. I should have done this. I should do that. I should, and we should all over ourselves and it's just, yes. it's not a good thing. So, um, yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Well, chapter one book about it and it's probably going to be what my next book is about because it has been so influential in my coaching and, and redirecting people's thinking and then asking, is it my problem to solve or someone else's problem to solve? Is it, is it possible to problem solve or is it just the way life is? Right. (laughs) You know, these things can help distinguish to really get you unstuck and really get you clear about uh, not only become the greatest version of yourself, but clear about where you want to go. Awesome. Beautiful insights, beautiful uh, things that you, shared your perspective is amazing and uh, thank you so much for sharing that and uh, i i'm super grateful to have met you and to have uh, been able to sit down and just pick your brain on this subject because i i think it's something that we all deal with we all need more help in having to deal with it and how we can better ourselves in getting away from all the toxic stuff that we're dealing with every day because it's everywhere. It's, it's all over. So, um, yeah, amazing. And, uh, thank you so much for coming on and sharing it. You are so welcome, Adam. Thank you for having me on. It's been super fun. And, uh, for those listening again, reach out to Sarah, connect with her and go out there, live your life 
the best way that you know and unleash the greatness within yourself and have an amazing day and we will see you all later. Hey everybody, thanks for joining me today and I really appreciate you being here and do me a favor, if you like this episode, please be sure to subscribe on your favorite uh, platform that you listen to podcasts on and also leave me a message or a comment or a review. I, I just really appreciate it. Also, why I've got you here, if you are ready to take your life to the next level, I have a, an amazing program right now that's called Achievement Monthly. And this is a monthly program where you can come and learn every month from me, Adam Platt, Achievement Coach. And we're going to go, li- I'm going to go live every month. Come on and help you get to that next level in life, that next level of success, that next level of achievement. Because you know, up till now, you've, you've done so well and you've done all you can, but sometimes you just need a little bit more help, a little bit more oomph to get you to that next level. And that's what this program is really meant to be. And so it's uh, designed to help you, one, learn what you need to do to get to that next level. And two, it's also meant so that you can uh, network with other people. So we're going to train for about an hour, hour and 15 minutes. And then we're going to break out in the group so that you can network with other people, get to know them and connect with them so that they can help support you in your goals, your dreams and create the life that you want. So if you are interested in joining that program for only $39 a month, you can go and register at arise to connect.com slash achievement. And I am so excited to see you there and to help you get to that next level in life because, man, that's where everything starts to go right and happen for you. So go again, register right now at arisetoconnect.com slash achievement, and I look forward to seeing you on the inside of that program and every month so that we can get you working towards that goal and that dream life that you want. Thanks and have an amazing day. Go out and make your life what you want it to be.